You are listening to the Young Western Podcast with your hosts, Cheyenne and Montana Donuquette, where we talk about all things from Western lifestyle to your dating stories and honestly everything in between that. Hope you enjoy. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Young Western Podcast. We are finally back together, me and Cheyenne. She's had her big... Um, Big week at ABHA finals or the lead up to that. The media over that was very exciting. Did a very good job. And Aww. I'm back from the summer. So I'm just happy to be back on the podcast doing all, doing all the chats. Thank you. I'm actually so happy to have you back. It's been a long time without you. I feel like I, I actually miss you a lot, but I feel like when I do podcasts, I might like, I feel like we get to catch up when we do podcasts. Yeah, I think we do. I think we do. You've had some pretty cool um guests lately though leading up to the ABHA while you were there so um very proud of you for that and mm-hmm. you did a very good job and it was a big week for you but yeah. we're, we're very very proud <laughs> oh, thank you so much I had so much fun awesome tell us give us a quick I'm not going to have one but give us a quick run review from the ABHA because you had a couple of banging runs there uh, yes. So I took three horses, which in hindsight, taking three horses and also committing to what I had committed to was, uh, borderline psychotic, but, um, I took Ari Bub and Marshall, the young black horse. Ari did a beautiful first run. Um, she exhibitioned pretty wild, wild and young and wild and free. So I was like, you know what, we're just gonna, we're just gonna make a nice run. So we made some changes and made a really nice run. Um, I can't even remember how she clocked, but she clocked She clocked all right and she did a really neat, beautiful run. Bub went out, made a run. Uh, we knocked out, knocked a drum. She kind of sucked a lot. It, it made me, yeah, it really sucked. I, I rode pretty bad. So then the second runs I was, oh, and Marshall went out there and was scared of everything in life. Marshall was scared of life, but he, he did his job, but he was just like, what is happening right now? Um. I think I probably had not too many expectations in the second run and Bob went out and ran, changed it. I changed my bit and I changed how I was riding. I actually decided to ride like I knew what I was doing um, and ran a 17.6, I think, which was like, which is one of the fastest runs she's ever run. Let Ari run a little bit and she, oh, and at that point, that was like a really, really good time on like for the whole weekend by that point. Um so that was kind of good. Ari went out and made a little bit more of a faster run. She kind of missed her first drum and then realized what she was doing. And she clocked pretty well. Like she clocked even better. Um, she was a little lost, but she tried so hard. Like she was lost, but as soon as I'd sit, she'd be like, yeah, where's the drum? Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> um, and Marshall again was scared of life, but he did his job. And then I ran Bub in the maturity as well. And she ran so amazing. We drug the third barrel over, which is story of my life. And she ran like a 17.5 and we kind of just cruised out. So it was very bittersweet. It was like an emotional, overwhelming week. (laughs) I kind of fell in in by the end of it. But Tamworth will do that to you. I've been in that exact position, but I hit the first and had to finish the run. But, yeah, it's. I think you need to freaking couple goes there if you can take that many horses do all that media stuff you did it honestly it's kind of like you have a brain lapse uh, yeah and I just think um you know we all know being here in winter there's not a whole lot of events on 
my horses just didn't have the runs. I wasn't kind of like run fit on them. We had one event before I left, which is no excuse. Like, but I just, I probably made like a couple of little errors that I probably shouldn't have made. My horses were insane that they were so fit and they looked amazing. Like they did not, for Bub to run a 17.5 by the end of the week after staying there a week, like she did not remotely get tired. Trust me, Ari did not lose any energy (laughs) during the week. Like they felt amazing and I was really happy with, how they held up. Um, and I was really happy with my fitness routine going into it. Like it really kind of showed that I'd been doing everything right feed wise, um, and fitness wise, they, in my opinion, looked amazing and ran really, really amazing, but it was in, yeah, it was emotionally a little taxing, but hopefully I (laughs) actually get my ass back into gear and start competing a little more and just get a little more used to it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Coming into the better weather, I mean, you've got rodeos, you've got bow races. It's all gonna, it's all gonna get better. All of the things, but I guess we've got to get into today's episode a little bit. Yeah. So today, um, we have a we have a guest episode. Um, for quite a while, we've kind of me and you have been looking around, um, trying to get someone on that really specialises in equine nutrition. You know, for our horses, try and get them, as you said, running the best, feeling the best. Um, I. I think it was me first. I kind of naturally came into Stance Equine. It's like a, it's a, obviously an equine product. Um, and we have been using it and we used it well before we sort of ever even told anyone about it. Um, and through Stance, we found Lisa Jones, who is a uh, equine nutrition specialist. So we have her on today to help us um, answer, answer you guys' questions that you sent in for the podcast regarding kind of nutrition supplementing how to how to keep your horses feeling the best really and we just really wanted someone in the industry professionally who's done all the research and can help us with our questions yeah yeah so welcome lisa to the podcast thank you thank you for having me i'm super excited to be here <laughs> that's okay thank you so much for coming on but yeah like montana said we well montana you with moving bobby to america um and i think a fair few people know like my paint mare we've had a few few struggles with her bringing her back after she had a foal and ulcers and things like that and we just like we've been in this industry like we've had horses our whole lives and we are still so confused at what we should and shouldn't be feeding and what actually works so when we kind of come across stance uh we've oh we've been feeding copper and things like that for years anyway um some of their products but when we come across natasha and then lisa we sort of got this relationship with you guys and and had that back and forth and we did the quiz on the website so you can do a quiz on their website where you like put in all of your horses details and things like that and they'll tell you the supplements you may you know that might help that horse um and we just kind of started using their products before we did anything and I've I've had a really good um yeah I've had really good results with these products and I think you have too Montana yeah, I have. I think it's, um, I mean, if you know us well, you know, we're a little bit hippies. Like <laughs> I would love to feed as natural as I can. I'm very simple. I do not overdo it. I don't want to spend the money and overdo it on products that aren't going to work. And um, moving over here, there's like, there's so much, I, my eyes were open to different um, supplements and feeds and stuff like that. And, but I still, especially as a, as a person in America, I'm trying to be really healthy and keep chemicals and shit out of my diet so I want to do the same with Bobby um and yeah I mean he's a relatively easy keeper and I started him on the um gastrobuff 
and I just saw really good results. Like he, he was looking amazing, um, feeling really good. And we kind of started looking into the, into the whole brand and the products and everything a lot more. And it just seemed to match with everything that um, we have kind of stood by, you know, back home, they were always out in the pasture on, in a paddock on lots of hay and um, grass and just kind of simple feeds. And this kind of the, um, everything behind the products that Stance used, I mean, they kind of just fit with us a little bit. So yeah, we thought we'd get Lisa on. She could tell us a lot more about it and answer everyone's questions. Yeah. So Lisa, tell us, you've been with Stance for nine years, but tell us a bit about you. Like you have horses, you're from the UK, I believe. Yeah, perfect. Um, yep. So I was born in the UK. Um, I was lucky enough to have horses my whole life. I grew up on acreage in Wales. Um, yeah. My whole family. So there was never a shortage of horses and ponies. Um, my mum did a lot of training. So yeah, I rode a lot of different horses. Um, I So my primary discipline is show jumping. I love show jumping. It's my passion. Um, but I have had experience working in Polo. I used to ride show horses. Um, we had Welsh cobs. So yeah, I have a lot of sort of experience across the disciplines, um, but never any Western. So um, listening to your podcast has actually taught me a lot about barrel racing that I did <laughs> not know. So that's been really interesting. Um, and I've always had a passion for nutrition. So I studied uh, a BSc equine human sports science um, in Wales, in the UK, um, and my final year of research was actually on natural herbs for horses. So it's just been my lifelong passion. Um, so working dance really fits in with that. Um, I came over to Australia actually just for a holiday in 2009 um, and then just never left. <laughs> so yeah. decided Australia was for me and yeah, I never went back. Um, was, it, back. <laughs> was it the weather? Like, Surely the weather had something to do with that. Yeah, so owning horses in Wales is just a constant wet, grey, dark, raining, cold. (laughs) Yeah, and just in Australia, it's so much nicer. Um, Yeah, (laughs) it was definitely. Sounds like growing up in Gippsland for eight months of the year, Montana. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You obviously didn't move way down south you moved where it was nice and sunny yes yes so I'm in Brisbane which is where the head office for stance is luckily for me so the weather is lovely um yeah so I currently own two horses in Australia um I have a um x-race horse he raced in Hong Kong um I got him when he returned to Australia after retiring um so straight um, off the track so I've fully retrained him for show jumping um so currently competing a meter 15 uh, which I am super proud of him <laughs> um, yeah. and then I have an ex-polo pony stock horse um, who's his companion so I have two yeah, yeah so that's awesome. me and the horses um so yeah I've worked at stance for nine years um so a bit of background on stance so stance Equitech is an Australian owned company. It's been in business for 35 years and is um, owned by Dr. Timothy Kempton. Um, So he founded it himself and still owns the business. Um, Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned, our head office is in Brisbane, Australia. 
Um, so we produce a wide range of supplements which are scientifically formulated, they're natural, they're ethical, and the Stance Equitech tagline is actually um, for the natural advantage. So that is what we strive for. Um, and I myself have been lucky enough to travel around the world with Stance um, to help horse owners in many countries um, because we supply products in Australia, New Zealand, um, the USA, Canada, UK, Europe, South Africa, and New Caledonia. So yeah, I've been wow. really lucky to travel to some of those countries. Um, yeah, it's been fantastic. We just we love an Australian-owned business. We are. Yes. We love an Australian-owned business and a like a, a natural business. Like, you know, really? sort of, yeah, all the fillers and all the stuff you can find, I think, in products and stuff like that. I mean, me personally, as I said, I'm a little bit of a hippie and I'm just, it, if we can see the results from like natural products and um, all the science behind it, I'm, I'm here for that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And like, we can go on, I can, we can talk about all the products we've been using. Um, in saying that we kind of, I've posted a lot of videos. Um, we did kind of like a lead up to the ABHA finals series where we posted a lot about the feeds and stuff that we're using. So if you do want to look at that, we can go over that a little later, but I think we probably should get into these questions that people have asked uh, because otherwise I feel like we will just talk forever and ever. Yeah. Um, so the first question that we, so we did get a few questions, um, and we probably can't, we couldn't really go over all of them, but we tried to kind of condense a few of the more main, um, issues that people are having or main questions that people were asking. So best diet for older horses prone to ulcers. So this is probably two different questions really. Um, but best diet or, or kind of like things you would want to focus on whilst when feeding older horses, I guess this could be brood mares and retired horses, or even just older, a lot of our competition horses. And I think show jumping as well. A lot of your horses do get, are, are a little bit older in their career. What kind of things should you be focusing on when they're getting a little older? Um, and then going into the ulcer conversation, which I think is a huge conversation as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is a huge question. Um, because you do have to look at a lot of different factors. Um, yeah. So I'll say is, I guess the best diet for any horses, but then especially ones that are prone to ulcers and then older horses um, would always be to focus on plenty of roughage. So fiber first, um, it's key for all horses um, because as we know, horses are designed to eat 18 hours a day. So they need constant roughage going through their system. Um, and so feeding a high fiber diet is key for all horses. But then if I focus on first for the ulcers, I would want to be looking at a low sugar and starch diet, which I can go into why um, a bit later. <laughs> it's, uh, so, and I would be looking at trying to keep different varieties of fiber as well. Um, so as we know, a healthy digestive system in horses is key to a happy, healthy, well-performing animal. Um, and horses, because they're designed to eat um, long-term, continuously produce hydrochloric acid in their stomach. So unlike people who only produce it when they need to digest something, horses are continuously producing it. And that is the key mm -hmm. difference 
between people. So that's why ulcers are so prevalent, right? If they, especially if they're taking time off eating or traveling. Exactly. Yeah, so all of a sudden we are feeding them twice a day, we're traveling them, we're stabling them, and horses are still producing the acid regardless of if they're eating anything. So then the biggest issue then starts when we go to ride them and we haven't fed them or we're traveling them from a long distance. So then the acid in their stomach doesn't have anything to buffer it. And all of a sudden it's splashing up um, to the stomach wall, which is what begins ulcers. Um, and it can happen so quickly, um, which is why we always recommend to feed some long stem fiber before you ride. It's just to give their stomach something to settle the acid um, to absorb it. So that would be key for all horses. Um, just quickly, like on types of fiber, is there types of, and, and as someone who grows hay, I know that there is so much more than just like one type of hay or whatever, like, you know, um, sunlight and how it's grown and the quality and whatever. But is there types of hay that are higher in fiber or um, like I know some are higher in proteins and things like that? When it comes to roughage, say if you were to pick one hay that you were to feed round bales or or have on for all times, what would be your kind of general go-to? I would try to keep it as natural as possible. So a grass mix would be for the base of their diet. However, saying that um, lucin or alfalfa in the US is actually really good at buffering acid. And mm. so... I personally would always recommend um, trying to feed the majority of um, grass hay, but then looking to feed some lucin before work um, and adding that because actually that um, suppresses the acid even better than a grass hay. So yeah, there are, a, there are some variations in the fiber types and how they buffer the acid um, amongst the variations of hay. Um, and then of course there's, other sources of fiber, um, not so much long stem, but then there's fiber, other fiber forms that you could look at as well. Um, yeah, as so like your soaked feeds and things like that, or yeah, absolutely, yeah. So um, the fiber that you mentioned, copra, the fiber that's in Cool Sense Copra, there's fiber in different hull products. Um, we have a hemp hull product, um, so there's there's different varieties of fiber. Um, and horses are designed to do well on different varieties of fiber, not just sticking to one primary type. Um, and that's because they used to travel long distances and um, yet yeah, they, they do well on different varieties of fiber. Um, so I always recommend people try and feed as much fiber as possible. It doesn't have to be just one source. Um, yeah, so that's first key thing would be, would be fiber. Um, and then if I look at, so horses prone to ulcers, um, obviously the contributing factors for ulcers would be stress, travel, high exercise, high grain diets, using medications, um, anti-inflammatories, stabling, lack of forage or feeding only twice a day, um, illnesses. So trying to reduce all of those factors is always um, a key part of managing horses that are prone to ulcers. But of course, with competition horses, traveling and stress and exercise is all part of their normal routine. Um, so what we've got to try and do is minimize the other risks 
and try and manage their diet as best as possible. Um, so then trying to feed them a low sugar and starch diet, which doesn't um, contribute to the risks would be key. Um, and then you then get the issue with some horses where you need more energy, even though you're trying to feed a low sugar and starch diet. And in that situation, I would look to add a fat source um, for energy. So something like our Cool Stance Copra is fantastic for this because it's low sugar and starch, uh, great levels of fiber, but also has about 10% oil as well for energy. Um, mm -hmm. There's lots of low sugar and starch healthy options um, without having to feed grain to horses. I think that's, I think it's better known in Australia. I don't know, Montana, if you found that the US are quite grain focused. Uh, we found yeah. that when you go to yeah. the US, very focused on feeding grain. Yeah, they are. And there's there's a lot of options. And I mean, I um, there's so many brands and so many, you know, I just think that it's like such a big market that everyone does is feeding a lot of grains in like, you know, you wanting you saying that low sugars, keeping the sugars low, these grains do have a lot of sugars in them, right? Like you, you want to kind of almost strip it back a lot. Is that what you're kind of saying? And um, feed like really yeah. low sugars, like, is that where you find a lot of the sugars in these processed grains? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So um, grains are really high sugar and starch. So, especially for horses that are prone to ulcers, you need to try and avoid grain as much as possible. Um, I know for competition, it's it's what most people um, feed because they think they need that from for the energy. Um, however, a lot of people that move to a fat-based diet would actually say that their horses still have prolonged energy. They're not getting that glucose spike. And so they're not getting the... Um, the insulin spike and so they're not getting the drop after so yeah. if you have sugar yourself you know you get a crash and so yeah. if horses would do the same so if you're feeding a fat-based diet it's a lot more even energy um and which is much more healthy for them so yeah if the horse is prone to ulcers i would recommend trying to remove as much of the grain as possible and converting to a fat-based diet um, Speaking of like horses that are prone to ulcers, uh, would I be wrong in saying, and I, I just know from hearing this a few times, that aren't like 90% of horses have, like don't really every horse has ulcers, it's just whether they're um, aggravated or not, or, or isn't that like a huge percentage of horses actually have ulcers? Yeah, it really is, especially competition horses. So I would be recommending that every competition horse is on some sort of product to actually help with um, digestive health, but also reducing acid, um, which is why Stance formulated the UlcerBuff. So it's called UlcerBuff in Australia, UK and Europe, but GastroBuff in the USA and Canada. So it's specifically designed to reduce acid in the digestive tract. Um, it's got an ingredient in there. Um, it's a seaweed derived calcium that has actually been proven to reduce um, acid more effectively than limestone um, or and then yeah so what you're essentially doing you're feeding that to help reduce the acid and um, it also contains a pre and probiotic 
and it contains actually a uh, stomach coating ingredient as well. Um, and then, so it's buffering the acid, but also it contains a rare type of turmeric that research showed actually, um, so we did research with Charles Sturt Uni in Wagga, where they stabled the horses to induce ulcers, which in itself is amazing. So all they had to do to get these horses to scope with ulcers was put them in a stable and feed them twice a day, um, which is what a lot of people do normally. And so these horses scoped with ulcers. Um, and then the only change they made was they introduced this rare type of turmeric called Cucuma xanthariza for 21 days um, and our powdered coconut oil to help absorb the turmeric. And at the 21 day mark, all of the horses then scoped clear of ulcers. So oh we were, yeah, so we were really excited because, um, yeah, there's this natural product that can actually help um, suppress and heal ulcers. So we formulated um, the ulcer buff for that reason. Um, so it has, a, yeah, a few different ingredients all doing really good things for digestive health. And as you like 90% of horses in competition will have ulcers at some stage in their career and having a natural product um, added each day that can reduce uh, the likelihood of the ulcers developing is so much better than waiting for ulcers to appear and then treating them. Um, yeah, just having a, a healthy preventative is basically what our philosophy is. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend that if there's a horse prone to ulcers in any competition horses, that so you're adding something like the ulcer buff um, long-term just to keep them healthy in good weight and um, yeah, not not in pain. Yeah, we are and sorry, like, sorry, go on Montana. Like, so speaking of the gastro buff, I get it as gastro buff because I'm in the States, but um, it's a, you can feed it long-term. Um, like we were talking about things like Amepresol's like um, Gastrogard, Ulcergar back home, stuff like that. Those are kind of, those are, you know, you'll get them from a vet or whatever and they're um, prescribed in like treatments as a, um, you know, to treat your ulcers. But those I wouldn't think would want to be used long-term, whereas the Gastrobuff, because it's those natural properties and it's a, um, the turmeric stuff like that, you can feed that long-term as opposed to Amaprazoles where they're more of like a treatment course and then kind of be done with them. Yeah, absolutely. So um, if your horse scopes with ulcers, I was I would always recommend, yes, absolutely feed the Amaprazole-based um, drug for the prescribed time. Um, and then actually when, say it's 21 days on Amaprazole, that period of time immediately after removing them from the Amaprazole is when the horse is most likely to redevelop the ulcers because all of a sudden they're producing acid again, which has been suppressed medically for that period of time. And if you haven't changed the reasons why they got the ulcers to start with, they're likely to redevelop immediately. So we have quite a few vets now in Australia that are recommending the ulcer buff as the product to, to move the horses onto, to help support them in that next stage. Um, and also, as you mentioned, omeprazole is great for healing ulcers but I would suggest that using something like ulcer buff, something natural would be better as a preventative because you don't want to be using omeprazole long-term because it does, there are some studies to show that it does actually interfere with calcium uptake. 
And then if you are using it long-term, then that in itself can lead to other issues. Um, so if you, using the ulcer buff, it has no negative effects. You can use it safely long-term. Um, it does have two feeding rates on there. So it has a maintenance rate that you can use long-term. And then it has a stress rate, which I recommend to move up to if you know you're traveling or competing um, or you have just come up off a methazole. So it can be used in a couple of different ways. I feel like I see so many correlations as someone who like studied human nutrition. I see so many correlations with like um, supplements and, and vet um, uh, products and things like that. So like so many people will go to the doctors, they'll get a uh, medication to treat something but they don't actually treat the reason that they got that disease, that issue, whatever it might be. And I feel like it's so similar with these horses as well. Like we're going to the vet because they've got ulcers. We get the drug to treat the ulcers, treat the ulcers, take them off the drug and do the same thing that gave them the ulcers in the first place. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think people don't realize they just think, yep, that's cured it. I'm the horse is fine now. They don't look into, but why did your horse have ulcers to start with? Was it stress? Was it the diet? Um, yeah, it's definitely, I agree. Yeah. So, and like, just, a, I, I tell me if I'm wrong, but I was just trying to recap really quickly. Um, obviously ulcers is a huge issue for competition horses, um, as well as general riding horses. They come from just not being able to graze and eat 24 seven, if that traveling stress competition, but if you do have a competition horse or a riding horse, keep it on a really high fiber diet, try and keep roughage up to the horse as much as possible. Loosen can be fed before feeding. It's a really good um, way to help with the acid. Um, I guess things like copra, ulcer buff on the, while you're on the road, because they're kind of like a light, I would assume like a lighter feed. They're also higher or copper is higher in fat. So it's going to help them maintain weight. Um and trying to pull them off and and feed them while you're traveling like is that right in between travelings and things definitely yes so try to mimic how they would be if they were in the pasture as much as possible because that's how their digestive system has evolved to work um so the fact that we're trying to fit them in with our routines daily and feed them twice a day in the morning before we go to work and in the afternoon um because that's what fits with our timeline during the day and that's what's causing the issues that's not how horses are supposed to to eat they're supposed to be eating continuously yeah so if they can have fiber in them all the time then that's ideal and i would assume that this kind of style diet the lower sugars higher fiber constant feeding and things like that would also be a really perfect diet for an older horse as well Absolutely. Yeah, I realized I've sort of ignored the older horse <laughs> part of the question. I like kind of doing them both in that but, one question, though. Yeah, because that diet really suits every horse. Yeah. Um, as the older, as the horse gets older, then that keeping their digestive system healthy is even more important than before. So the only thing I would then look at with older horses um is if you then need to add anything for joint support, um, whether it be an anti-inflammatory. Um, we have a product called Tumericle, which, as the name suggests, is a turmeric-based product, which is two varieties of turmeric, um, black pepper, 
powdered coconut oil and resveratrol, which is another natural anti-inflammatory and antioxidant. Um, so I always recommend this product for basically all horses because horses can't tell you where there's inflammation in their body. Um, so for muscle recovery after exercise, there'd be inflammation in the muscle fibers. So for stabling, they may have inflammation in the airways, respiratory, um, in the joints as they get older. So there's so many different benefits to feeding a natural anti-inflammatory. And again, it comes back to, would you rather feed something natural long-term um, to help manage them each day or wait until the issue is so bad that you then need medication? Um, but I, yeah, here it stands, we're a big believer of feeding naturally to prevent issues from arising and for longevity of horses. Whether it's just a paddock companion or a competition horse, we want them to be as healthy as possible for as long as possible um, and as naturally as possible. Um, so along with that, you could then, there are so many different joint support products on the market. Um, you could, yeah, we have one called ProFlex, but yeah, there's a long list of ones that I would definitely recommend. I was going to ask you to tell me a little bit about ProFlex more for, I just seen it and more for um, our kind of own need, but obviously <laughs> in what we do and, and it would be the same in what you do, joint joint supplements is uh, huge. They're, that and also supplements I say would be our two biggest kind of um, products that most competition people would use. What is in ProFlex? Is it very similar to a lot of natural kind of joint supplements and what would be the difference between ProFlex and the tumor side tumor side did I say that right Michael <laughs> yes tumerical. Um, there, sorry <laughs> they're quite different so tumerical is more focused on inflammation and reducing inflammation um, to assist joint health whereas ProFlex is more joint ligament and tendon food um, it actually has quite a few ingredients in there. So the key ingredients in ProFlex would be the glucosamine um, and MSM, which people usually know that they're good for joints and ligaments and cartilage, um, which they are. They're fantastic. There's a lot of research showing, showing that. Um, and then there's a herb in ProFlex called Gotucola. So not many people have heard of Gotucola, but essentially... Horses can make their own chondroitin and HA, which is hyaluronic acid. Um, and those two ingredients are key for joint, ligament, tendon health. Um, but horses can make it themselves. And what Gotucola does, it actually promotes the horse to make more of those ingredients. So essentially supporting themselves. Um, because if you start feeding chondroitin and HA, it switches off the horse's natural um, ability or requirement to make those ingredients. And so, yes, you're providing them, but usually they're not very bioavailable, they're expensive ingredients. And if you suddenly stop feeding them, the horse then is not receiving any in the diet and not making any themselves. And then all of a sudden they'd be in, um, you often hear people say, I, I stopped feeding it and like my horses just fell in a heap. And that's because all of a sudden they have no support. And so what got you call it naturally promoting them to make more. Um, so again, it's just, I guess, the stance philosophy to try and use something natural to assist instead of providing it. Um, and then it has collagen in there, which 
more and more people are becoming aware of how important collagen is for the whole body. Um, it has lysine, which lysine is the limiting amino acid. So if they don't have enough lysine, they can't make the other amino acids that they make, um, which has serious impact to tendons, ligaments, muscles, uh, performance recovery. Um, it has, I don't know if you want me to go through all of the ingredients, but it has the B vitamins, vitamin C, which is really important for cartilage. Um, it has magnesium and zinc. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's actually, yeah. so Pro is the one product that if I didn't work for Stance, I wouldn't take my horse off ProFlex. Um, for me, for a show jumper, especially an ex-race horse, I find that it's so important. Um, and I want, he's actually 15 now, and I want him to be with me in competition for as long as possible. So I, um, yeah, I think it's so important to feed a product that's actually helping feed their joints and ligaments and tendons and keeping them strong. Um, and so that's what the ProFlex is for. It's trying to just keep everything healthy um yeah for performance so for barrel racing and for any competition horse it would be really important yeah that's definitely so, that's so interesting like what you said about ha and when you start um you know when you give it to them in a in a different type of product they stop making it like you know you see that a lot in i seen and this is like my tiktok research but in humans like i seen you know the more if you take melatonin you'll stop producing it and then you know that type of thing so I think it's so interesting how it all correlates between humans and horses I think yeah. it is interesting but it's also like just what I was saying before like you know you take different kind of medications and then you can't there's no wean off period and when you get off them your body stops making them so then you're reliant on a certain medication and it's like at yeah. some point someone's making a lot of money out of this too <laughs> Exactly. Yes. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like antidepressants, all those type of things are those are based off that type of thing. And I think, um, I think I need to get some of that for Bobby, number one, but yeah, it, it totally makes sense. Like it's not, I think it's so overcomplicated and when you say it like that. I'm like, God, yeah. Right. Like <laughs> that does make sense. Definitely. <laughs> I feel like, um, oh, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, so do we think we've answered the first question? <laughs> yeah. And I feel like we might have even answered the second question was like, um, uh, someone has a general competi uh, competition horse, no obvious signs of trouble or anything. She was just wondering what she should be feeding on the road to keep them as sound and as healthy as possible. And I f without spending a bunch of money and also sending hair off and taking bloods and doing a million different tests. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. We definitely touched on some of the factors in the last question. Um, I Yeah, I guess the most important factor in keeping a horse healthy um, overall with no obvious signs of trouble, we've already discussed the joints and the um, digestive support, but it would be to make sure that they have a balanced diet and that all of the essential nutrients they need are being provided. So... The most common thing we see and hear here at Stance is people who are feeding a complete feed, but they haven't taken into consideration that they may not be feeding the rate um, that's on the bag. And so they haven't realized that when feed complete feeds are great and they save time and they're easy. 
However, they're very hard to tailor to different horses' requirements. And so a feed is formulated on a best guess and say it says you need to feed three kilos um, a day, but you think actually my horse only needs a kilo. A lot of horse owners then don't realize that they're only getting a third of all of the vitamins and minerals that are in that complete feed. And they don't think that they, they haven't thought about then topping up. So for example, with my two horses, I have two completely opposite horses. I could not get further away from each other. My thoroughbred is a really hard doer. He's really active in the paddock. Like he's gallops around all of the time, hates to rest. Like I can't spell him. Um, and he's always burning energy. And so he needs a lot of feed where his paddock companion, he's a stock horse and he always borderlines on obese. Like he is the best doer. I, yeah. And so if I fed a complete feed that suited the thoroughbred and only fed a small amount of that to the stock horse, he would not be getting the vitamins and minerals that he needs. And so that happens a lot with people when they're feeding a complete feed. So that's definitely something to consider is are they feeding a vitamin and mineral supplement um, and one that contains the three essential amino acids. So firstly, vitamins and minerals are key for overall health. And then lysine, threonine and methionine are the three key essential amino acids. Um, so essential just means that the horses can't manufacture it themselves and they need to um, source it from their diet. And I mentioned it earlier. So lysine is the limiting amino acid. And so if a horse doesn't have enough lysine, they can't make the other amino acids. Um, so it's extremely important for competition horses. So I would be making sure that they have enough of those um, in general for the competition horse. Uh, this is why we... In our vita sense, it contains lysine, threonine, methionine, as well as a vitamin mineral mix. So a lot of them on the market don't, so I would definitely check that. Um, and you mentioned it right at the very beginning of the podcast, but this was the reason that we have TrueGuide, our free questionnaire that's on our website. Because so people can put in their horse and they can put it in their pasture and hay um, and what feed they're feeding. And TrueGuide will actually tell them how much of that feed they should be feeding to get a balanced diet because of the amount of people that we speak to that are not actually feeding the rate that should be on the bag. Um, yeah. So true guys really helpful for that. And I'd recommend going to our website. It's free. Um, and you can do it as many times as you want uh, for as many different horses and you can choose any feed. It doesn't need to be a stance feed. Um, so all it'll do is if you then take that you'd like some more, joint support or some more digestive support, it'll recommend one of our supplements that fits in with their current diet. Um, so that's definitely a, a useful tool that horse owners can use for free. Um, and yeah, I think that, so fiber, yeah. minerals, amino acids, digestive support and ulcer support would be, if you've got all of those ticked, then I don't think for a competition horse, you'd have any other issues with their diet. Yeah. And um, I guess we've just rolled straight into the next question we had, which was a lady asked um, if supplementing with an amino acids, what is your go-to? So I guess maybe what, what do amino acids do for a horse? So they are the building blocks of protein and so, and muscle. And so they are needed for so many different things in the body. They're, they're key. 
However, my first question would be why someone thinks that they need the extra amino acids. Because generally, um, if you look at a horse's diet, if it's already well balanced, um, I would be surprised if they were lacking in amino acids. Um, I would definitely, like I mentioned with the lysine, um, double check that what you're feeding contains enough lysine. Um, however, if you, for example, if I took my horse's diet, um, I feed him grass hay, loosened hay, cool stance copra, and our hemp poles and hearts with some, with our supplements, of course. Um, but his lysine content of his diet, um, if I put this into feed Excel, it's at 176%. So, and he's in work. So, um, he does get vital stance, which contains lysine, but that's only giving him about 7% of the lysine. So even if he wasn't having that supplement, his lysine requirement would be more than filled. And so I think the only time that I would be worried about the amino acid content is if they weren't feeding any lucin and they weren't feeding a complete feed that was well formulated with amino acids. Um, so definitely um, check the bag if if they're feeding it, but things that are a good source of amino acids, if that's what they're truly asking is loosen, definitely. If you look at any loosen hay, loosen chaff is a great source of amino acids. Um, our cool stance copra, so 20% of the lysine coming into my horse's diet is from the copra. Um, and then hemp holes and hearts. Hemp is a great source of amino acids. It contains all of the essential amino acids that horses need to get from their diet. Um, and then if you've already looked at the feeds, I then look at supplements, but realistically in volume, they should be getting all of the lysine from the feed. Um, we do have specific supplements. So we sell a straight lysine if anyone ever wanted it. Um, our GTP, which is our top line um, growth and performance product contains all of the amino acids, um, which is a high performance product. And as mentioned, the Vital Stance contains the three key amino acids. So you need to look at the whole diet first before just deciding that you need to get more amino acids. I'd be looking at why they think that. It could be because maybe they're lacking in top line or their recovery is not as good as they think. Um, but yeah, so I would first look at the whole diet, they should have enough amino acids to start with and just look for ingredients that are rich in those amino acids to add if they're worried. Awesome. Perfect. So I just, I mean, I just am kind of literal. So for your two horses that are complete opposites, you have off the track thoroughbred and then a really good door as a stock horse, what do you feed them? Like what, I assume they're just kind of on the copper and then a lot of roughage? Yep, so primarily hay, copra, hemp holes and hearts. I do feed loose and chaff and then our supplements. Mm -hmm. So I don't feed any complete feed. I don't feed any grain. Um, and then if I need more energy, I will add one of our oils. So yeah, yeah. he gets nothing else. And mm -hmm. then the diet is almost identical for my good doer, except he gets a cup of copra, cool sense, yeah. and the tiniest handful of chaff and then a vitamin mineral mix. So it's just, 
I feed two kilos a day of copra to my thoroughbred and 200 grams a day to um, my stock horse. So that's why plain ingredients because you can you can feed the same diet but just adjust the rates. But if you're feeding a vitamin and mineral mix, it means that you know they're getting a balanced diet, even if you're not feeding um, the recommended rate on the back of a complete feed. Um, so I've always preferred to feed ingredients and build my diet myself because of the fillers and the ingredients that I'm not aware of in complete feeds. There are some great ones, um, but I just, I've always avoided them personally. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I guess we have, we have a couple more questions. Um, best feed and ways to help an off the track, uh, gain weight. So yeah, best feeds help and gain weight. So, <laughs> they can be difficult. I, mine was quite difficult. So I do have experience with a few off the track thoroughbreds that I myself have fed and, um, yeah, rehabilitated. The first thing is always their digestive health. So I don't think I've ever seen a horse off the track that has good digestive health. Um, so fixing that um, first is always key because then they can actually digest and utilize the ingredients that you're feeding. Um, so feeding a pre and probiotic that actually helps them break down what you're feeding. Um, the issue with off the track thoroughbreds is they're often lacking the enzymes they need to break down fiber because they're not adapted to that. Their digestive system is so used to being fed grain that they don't actually have those enzymes. And so it does take time um, to build those back up, which is why you'll rarely get a really quick turnaround with, with a thoroughbred. It does definitely take time. Um, but it, I would always go with the exact same principles as right at the beginning. Um, high fiber. I would always stick with a low sugar and starch diet with off the track because they will be susceptible to ulcers um, just based on what they've been through, all the grain they've been fed, their stables, their lack of fiber. Um, and so I would try and feed as high fat as possible. So just, yeah, try and get as much fiber into them as possible. Um, and then keep adding fat to add the calories um, to try and put the weight on. Unfortunately, it's never a quick fix. Um, and some of them can be a lot more challenging than others. Um, but feeding them a good digestive product like the Ulcer Buff will definitely help. Um, and our Cool Sense Copper is amazing for, for all horses looking to gain weight, but yeah, thoroughbreds as well. Um, I... It is amazing how much difference a diet makes. So my boy, when I first got him, he was still on his racing diet. And he, a couple of people just told me, don't do it. Like he's off his head. Um, and I was like, no, no, he'll he'll be fine. And actually within, I reckon it was two or three weeks of swapping to this cool stance diet. He was like a completely different horse. Like it's yeah, yeah it's amazing the difference that a diet makes to them. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would definitely stick with low sugar and starch, but just try and get as much hay into them as possible um, and feed a high fat diet with a digestive. And even like um, the difference you would see, I remember we've worked with racehorses a little bit, like seeing the difference in the horse in the paddock 
compared to in a stable like and the more we uh, know about like ulcers and things like that the more we're kind of working out wow they probably had a fair bit going on as well as the fact that they were only getting out for like I don't know 30 minutes a day it just the changes in the horses just is insane when you kind of really focus on these kind of things yeah absolutely um people always wonder why you know thoroughbreds are so highly strong and it's in their blood to be running so it's to lock them up is just unnatural to them. So of course they're going to be a handful when, if you only let them out twice a day. Um, I can't imagine how much of a handful mine would have been locked up because he he lives in the paddock 24 seven now and he is wild enough out in the paddock. Like if I stop, I usually try and spell him for a couple of weeks a year um, just to give him a rest. But I usually have to bring him back into work at about the two week mark because he just starts galloping around the paddock. <laughs> my nerves can't take it so I'm like okay let's go back to work um and yeah they're naturally designed to run so that is yeah and no doubt with like it, you know if you get it off the track or you know changing their diet would you do you do it gradually or do you kind of cold turkey and change it like does it does it, it make any difference if you really it, gradually do it or do they yeah. we'd always recommend gradually if possible um over sort of a two week period, especially when you're introducing high fat. So horses don't have a gallbladder. So they, if you introduce fat too quickly, they don't cope with it too well. So you do need to introduce slowly if you're gonna suddenly start feeding them oil or high fat. Um, However, I know sometimes that's not possible if you've suddenly got a horse from a trainer, they are on racing feed and you don't have any, you kind of got to do the best that you can with what you have. But I would always recommend trying to introduce new things as slowly as possible and to do it one at a time. So a lot of people think, okay, I'm just going to change everything, add all these products in and hope for the best. But then if you get a positive result or a negative result, you don't know what caused it. And so I always recommend, okay, if you're looking at adding these three products, do one at a time and wait a few weeks and just monitor the changes before you make another change. Um, because you may not need all of those products and it might save you money that you may have only needed one of them. So it's for two reasons, really, to obviously help with their digestive system adapting to the new diet, but also, um, especially when adding supplements, I try and tell people, like, start with one, that may be all you need. Don't just suddenly go and buy a load of products because you think you might need them. Um, Yeah. (laughs) and <laughs> just try and monitor slowly yeah absolutely awesome so um we have one last question and I don't know we've probably already gone over this a little bit but uh what is the best thing to give an older horse to help with their joints yeah so we've definitely mentioned it earlier um it does depend on by older horses are they still in competition or are they in the paddock but I would always try and so limit grain because grain is high omega-6, so which is inflammatory if they have too much omega-6. So try and limit grain um, to reduce their omega-6. That will naturally then help them, um, but also adding a natural anti-inflammatory like the chimerical. So then if they are showing joint pain, that should assist. Um, And then something like the ProFlex will actually help support the joints. Um, The reason why I mentioned it depends on, you know, how old and um, if they're in competition is because you can't 
reverse damage done. Um, and so I'd always recommend trying to add in the ProFlex before you notice that they have an issue with their joints. Um, but something like the Chimerical will actually help inflammation at the time. So, um, and the good thing about the Chimerical is turmeric is taken up by the body really quickly. And so we have people that notice a difference within a few days. So it is, it is a product that if you do have a horse struggling with inflammation, that you should notice a difference quite quickly, which is nice because there's so many products um, that you're sort of feeding you, you're not sure if it's doing anything. Um, whereas the Chimerical, we've had so many positive feedback from people saying, wow, it, you know, it's made a huge difference, which is lovely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that we have covered most of our questions. I'm like, that was so much information, but I love it so much. Like, I feel like this has been such an important episode for anyone who owns a horse. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, like, no. everything is actually quite simple, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. People have a habit of overcomplicating uh, their horse's diet. So trying to keep it as simple as possible um, is always the most effective for the horse and then also most effective for your bank balance. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, it can get so overcomplicated. And if we can just keep it simple, that is perfect for me. I'm a simple person personally. So I'm like, give me the natural, give me the simple, we'll be fine so if um if people go on to the stance equitech website which is stanceequitech.com.au isn't it yes it is yes um and in america i'm assuming it's just .com it is um there is a stanceequine.com in the u.s um so there is the i call it a quiz I'm, I'm not sure what the actual name of it is i've done it for my horses that they can do and it'll come out if they put all their feeds and everything and we talked about it earlier on that it, it's like a free thing to do and, and it'll come up with a bunch of recommendations for them and their horse that's right yes yeah it's called true guide so if they arrive on the home page there should just be a true guide button there yeah i'm so excited i feel like this is i'm like going straight back on and ordering all of my products that i've just used um but yeah, I had a really, really great experience with uh, Stance products. We were feeding like Copra, a Feed My Mare um, Improval, uh, Ulcer Buff to um, the competition horses and Clean Culture. I think I also feed as a digestive supplement. And to be honest, I think if anyone follows me on social media, you would have seen the photos um, and also the videos of how my horses are running. Like they really are looking and feeling pretty great. <laughs> Which is fantastic. Yeah. It's you, yeah, have had that experience yourself and yeah, have seen the difference. Um, it's one of the reasons that we love working for Stance, just seeing how the products make a difference to horses and horse owners. It's, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And even just like talking to you and learning um, just about the different sort of joint supplements and things, you guys could, this the company could so easily create products that then cause dependence which I'm sure many a company have done yet they're out here creating products that help the body naturally produce HA or produce different um things to help them naturally overcome different ailments which I think just goes to show exactly where the company kind of ethos is yes absolutely we like I mentioned earlier we want the natural advantage but also 
we want to keep it as simple as possible. Like I, if someone calls me looking for advice, I don't automatically try and sell them all of our supplements. I just take it right back to basics and try and get everything that they're feeding and just try and simplify it. Um, because the amount of people that call and say, hey, I just want to buy your calming supplement. And I'm like, well, like I could sell you Placid Rain, our calming supplement. However, have you looked at the rest of his diet? I can help you with that first. Um, yeah, so we definitely want to help horses first, um, which is which is great. That's awesome. And I think that's where 99% of the problem is, is in the owners and what they're doing and not realizing they're doing things, you know, just cut back the sugar and that type of thing. And um, yeah, you'll get a great result. Definitely. And yeah, we're trying to educate the horse owners as much as possible because they never do it on purpose. It's just they're trying to do the best they can. But like you mentioned right at the start, feeding is so confusing and there's so many products out there and what works for one horse may not work for the other horse. And so if someone's suggesting a product to you, it may have worked perfectly for their horse, but it may not for you. And so, um, yeah, it just makes it really hard. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, and we can find stance on Instagram. There's a stance equine USA and then also the stance equine Australia pages. Um, and they have a lot of information about all the products and, and um, the copper and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming on and telling us all about stance and all about how to feed our horses and supplement them, right? Thank you. So we really appreciate it. Um, thank you yeah, so much. And yeah, it's been great. Awesome. Well, it was lovely talking to you. Awesome. Thank you. Hey guys, we just wanted to jump in here at the end and let you know that Stance did give us a discount code for 10% off for the Young Western podcast listeners. So when you're going through checkout, if you put in the code Young Western, all one word, you will get a 10% discount. Let us know what you think and happy shopping. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Young Western Podcast. If you like this, you can head over to Facebook and find our closed Facebook page, the Young Western Podcast. Or you can follow the links in our bio to all of our private Instagrams and TikToks and things like that. Any new episodes will be promoted on there. Or you can email us at youngwesternpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.